I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Levin. I'm a grief therapist and the founder of From Grief to Growth, the host of the podcast Untethered, Healing the Pain from a Sudden Death, and I'm the creator and author of the Growing After Traumatic Loss course. I provide support, guidance, and teachings to help you with the aftermath of chaos, trauma, and grief. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Untethered, Healing the Pain from a Sudden Death. I'm Dr. Jennifer Levin, and I specialize in traumatic death and helping individuals through the struggles, pain, trauma, and chaos of an unexpected death. Today's podcast is a little different. You're actually going to hear me be interviewed by Corinne Crabtree in her podcast, Losing 100 Pounds with Corinne. I'm going to talk about the struggles that we all face during the holiday season when we are grieving. Here you go. Hi, I'm Corinne. After a lifetime of obesity, being bullied for being the fattest kid in the class, and losing and gaining weight like it was my job, I finally got my shit together and I lost 100 pounds. Each week, I'll teach you no bullshit weight loss advice you can use to overcome your battle with weight. I keep it simple. You'll learn how to quit eating and thinking like an asshole. You stop that and weight loss becomes easy. My goal is to help you lose weight the way you want to live your life. If you are ready to figure out weight loss, then let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Well, I have a special treat for everyone today. Um... (laughs) We're going to talk about a light subject called grief, <laughs> but I have someone that I've been working with for a while. Her name's Jennifer. She's on the podcast. I'll let her introduce herself in just a moment, but she's a traumatic grief coach. And so I'm going to let her talk more about what all that means. But I was telling her that it would be great during the holidays to have a podcast that deals with grieving, because one of the things that I know that comes up from just personal experience is um Holidays are one of those times that just automatically trigger us to have lots of memories. We miss people. Um, if you've if you're still in deep into a grieving process, it's really hard to enjoy them. Or a lot of times we'll spend time during the holidays eating and drinking our way through them to cope with the loss of the people that we love most. Um, I've watched my mom do this. I don't know how many of my listeners know, but um she suddenly lost her brother um, last year. My uncle um, probably was undiagnosed autism. We we knew from for a long time that um, Uncle Edwin, he never could really live on his own. So he lived with my grandmother for all his life until my grandmother died. And then um, my mom had promised to take care of my, my uncle. And so he lived with her for um, a lot of years after my grandmother had passed. And then uh, one day woke up and was having a really wicked headache and sweating. And my uncle was the kind of person you never knew if anything was wrong with him because he would never say. And he was like, call 911. Something is wrong with me. Uh, He was dead within a few days. He had had, at some point, he probably had bumped his head and had a brain bleed. And then when he Mm -hmm. went into for surgery, he never woke back up. And this happened over a year ago. In the holidays last year, um, my mom did okay. She really missed him. 
I feel like this year may even be harder for her. It's almost like she's in the part now where um, things have settled. And so I wanted to do a podcast for all of you who, um, you know, as we were coming out of COVID, lots of people have lost people. Um, something that you can listen to that might be helpful to give you some peace, um, some comfort, or at least give you some other things to consider um, so that you're not just eating and drinking your way through your holidays to deal with your grief. So uh, let me introduce Jennifer, who's here. Tell them, just tell them all about you and anything that they need to know before we dive into uh, grief. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me here. Um, my name is Jennifer Levin, and I uh, work with individuals who have experienced a sudden and unexpected loss, and I help them go through the uh, pain and trauma and move towards healing. Uh, I have a, uh, uh, a business called um, From Grief to Growth, and that's what I specialize in. For, uh, kind of, I like to say you wake up on a Tuesday and your life looks like one thing and you get a phone call, you find out that something has happened and everything has changed and your world has completely fallen apart because someone you love has died suddenly and unexpectedly and uh, without warning and you have absolutely no idea uh, where to get started. Um, you're in shock, you're, in, you're numb and you just really have absolutely no idea where to go from here. And um, I've been doing this for many, many years. I started off as a grief therapist. I'm licensed in both uh, the state of Washington and California, but I work with uh, individuals uh, nationwide in sudden and um, traumatic loss. And um, let's just jump in and start talking about why grief is so hard during the holidays because uh, the holidays actually are the hardest for everyone, whether or not you are grieving. Depression is the highest during the holidays. Mm -hmm. But when you are grieving, it's absolutely the hardest time of the year. Why Why do you think that is? Like, what is it about the holidays that seems to be so triggering and activating for, you know, for grief? Is it like just the memories? Is it like a cascade of things? Yeah. Well, when we think of the holidays, we think about it's this time when we should be happy, when we should be rejoicing, we, sh we should be celebrating. There's uh, so many things, so many expectations that we have about the holidays. And we think about all of the holidays um, that we've been through in the past, and they're full of memories of our loved ones who were there with us previously. Um, they're reminders of all of our previous happy times. And that's when we feel the absence of those that we, uh, who are no longer with us the most. And it doesn't matter if, I mean, my grandfather has been dead for over 20 years and I feel his absence. I feel his absence a lot, but it's so much around the holiday season. And so whether your loved one died two weeks ago, 10 years ago, the holidays are so hard. Um, as I mentioned, they're full of these expectations that the holidays are going to be wonderful. I mean, I think the media has done us such a disservice. Mm -hmm. You know, there's commercials about, you know, what your house is going to look like. You know, you look through the windows of these family dinners and everyone's together and 
joyful and having these wonderful holiday dinners and everything's perfect. And that's so far from the truth of what the majority of people are are really experiencing. And if you're grieving, the holiday season can seem so cruel. And so many of the people that I work with start dreading the holidays months in advance. There's so much anticipation, um, so much dread of how am I going to do this? How am I going to get through it? And if you've actually experienced the death of someone anytime near the holiday season, it's, um, it's so much worse. It's so, like the double whammy. It's the double whammy. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely. so funny you say all this because even though like I have my son, um, but when you talk about holiday expectations and stuff, mm-hmm. that was really hard for me for years. My, for the listeners, most of them know that my son's um, autistic and the holidays, he's never liked them. Like when I was growing up, holidays were such a big fucking deal in my family. Like we were broke and we were poor, but my mother did everything possible to make sure that Christmas, at least Christmas, that we um, got some presents and that it was special. She just, you know, it was, it was just a big deal. Well, my kid never liked it. And I was in a position to give him anything he wanted and he never wanted anything. I remember Christmas after Christmas, it just felt like every year, it was getting harder and harder for me to even like Christmas because I knew that Logan would come downstairs and he would avoid the living room for hours. He wanted to have nothing to do with it. He didn't like presents. He didn't like the wrapping. He didn't like any of the experience. And I, I remember many years being really sad because all I wanted was that perfect Christmas. Like I wanted what all my friends were posting on Instagram mm-hmm. and on Facebook and stuff. And then here I was like, it was just like a nothing burger. You know, mm-hmm. we just, we tried everything we could to make um, Christmas like every other day. And it was hard. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, like, I think that's a good point that you bring up that for, especially for those of us who are grieving loved ones and stuff, there's this dissonance between, um, you know, like what society tells us the holidays are supposed to look like and then what our, our lived experience really is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that. Um, I think there's a disappointment for so many people about the holidays, grieving or not. The expectations are so high. Um, and so it's just a really difficult time of the year. Well, I know that you have um, some of the biggest grief triggers that people have during the holidays. Can you kind of just talk us through some yeah. of those like things so that because I really believe like for like, what I teach inside the Nobius, like just the weight loss program is when when we can just notice and normalize mm-hmm. why we're being so triggered and activated mm-hmm. um, or why we feel so sad or why we feel so upset, it's helpful to understand why that's happening so that we kind of take the temperature down. It's not that we're yeah. going to feel better, but sitting around feeling like something's wrong with you because you're not happy or sitting around confused why it's like, why aren't I happy or why don't I feel better? That's hard in and of itself. So I think even just giving them some of these points will be really helpful. So what do you think are some of those biggest triggers? The holiday is full of triggers and landmines. And a lot of them have to do with annual traditions, you know, things that we do once a year. And um, traditions are like a sense of belonging. 
they're a sense of community. And we want that so bad, especially right now in our world. I think a lot of people are feeling so disconnected and so isolated. And the holidays are a sense of community, a sense of belonging. And traditions and rituals represent that. And um, it's something we do once a year. And we want those traditions and we want that comfort that traditions um, represent. And so here come the holidays and here come these traditions that provide us a sense of comfort and belonging, which is often why we actually create crave certain foods during the holiday right. because they're associated with these um, traditions. And they provide us an opportunity to recreate memories with our loved ones, which may not be here anymore mm -hmm. our loved ones and um they provide us meaning and you know ways to cherish those memories and so those are huge huge triggers these traditions which we may not be able to do like we used to or they represent painful painful memories and um so when it's time to do a tradition that we can't do because our loved one's not here it brings up this intense sadness and intense um emptiness and our grief just goes on huge, huge overdrive. So the one thing is the traditions that come up. That's a huge trigger. Um, another trigger is watching everyone else seem happy mm -hmm. or what we think is, oh, everybody's experiencing all this joy. And that makes us feel really lonely mm -hmm. and emptiness or uh, empty um, and lonely and like we're left out. You know, FOMO is on like major overdrive during the holiday season, especially um, if I, we're grieving. And I also think like, like to just hang there for a moment, it's not even what you see like on social and what's going on. But I know this was hard for my mom when her, um, when her dad died, like my grandfather, we all love my papa. You were talking about your grandfather. Mm -hmm. My grandfather was like my dad and mm -hmm. we all grieved him. We all grieved him in our own ways, but my mother, it was really hard for her. Now he didn't have mm -hmm. a traumatic like it wasn't sudden he was mm -hmm. dying of cancer but man she had a rough time and that first holiday I can see why it was so overwhelming for her because for me I had kind of made peace with like his death like I just had such a different outlook on it my grieving process was very different and I was ready like I was dating my 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 husband and I were dating Mm -hmm. um, I was ready for like Christmas and like mm -hmm. to enjoy it and celebrate mm -hmm. my first one with Chris and all this other stuff. I can see why it was probably really hard for my mom, like yeah. almost devastating because she's yeah. like, I don't feel like y'all yeah. and you're all moving on and you're all happy. Why can't I be that way? Yeah. So that that's just interesting just from my own personal experience. Yeah. You were looking forward and she was looking back. Very much. And that's also um, a generational thing with mm -hmm. grief. Uh, uh, younger people tend to be more resilient um, in their grief because they have a forward orientation. Not yeah. to say they're not struggling um, and not grieving in their own way. But um, when you're older, you're looking back and you have way more memories to process and to sort through and to grieve. And that when is you're younger, really interesting. I've never really. All right. That's. I never really thought about like from my mom's perspective, she had like 50 years or 40 mm -hmm. something years of memories mm -hmm. to contend with and 
things to miss, whereas I just Mm -hmm. had 20-something years worth Mm -hmm. and a whole life ahead of me to live. So that's look forward to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What else were you going to say? Because I interrupted you. You were saying something about um, we're like the younger people. We tend to be more resilient and all this other stuff. And then what is it with the like the next the older generation? Not as resilient or? Well, it's not that they're not resilient. It's just they have a lot more, you know, they're more like the younger generation is looking, like I said, has the forward orientation um, and looking forward and their future is ahead. I mean, actually, some of the younger people I work with um, are in that launch. This is a totally different tangent here, but. Um, you know, some of the people that I work with in, in their 20s um, actually really do struggle because they're in that launching phase. And if they lose somebody suddenly, they really are really struggling because they're getting ready to launch. And if they might lose a spouse suddenly in their in their 20s, it's really, really hard initially because they were getting ready to have a family, buy a home, do something, and, and their immediate future plans are, are just as you would say, in the shitter. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really hard. But after a while, they can reimagine a future for themselves after, you know, doing work. Um, when you are in your 70s and you lose somebody suddenly and experience a sudden loss, it's, you have a different forward orientation. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of what you see for your future goals. So it's a very different perspective. Yeah, um, it's like it, um, and, and I don't know, because I'm no grief expert, you are, but it almost feels like sometimes maybe there's, like, there's just like different flavors of it. It's just like, mm-hmm. especially if you're younger, um, you know, like somebody in their 20s, 30s, or 40s. I remember one of my clients um, lost her husband, husband suddenly, and she was, I think, 52 when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a heart attack playing golf. I remember yeah. getting the text. I mean, it was shocking for all of us. And yeah. um, it's like you not only are grieving the person, but you're grieving what you thought what life was going to be like. Your future. Yeah. I, I grieved. Like, I didn't lose Logan, like, physically, but I went through a huge grieving process. Like, I had this idea of what my life as a mother, his life would look like. And then when he got diagnosed... I spent a long time grieving what, um, like what I had to like get over this idea of what I thought things were going to be like. Like I needed time to process that before I could even start really now creating a new future separate from the one I thought I was going to have. So that's interesting. Absolutely. What Absolutely. is the other point you were going to say? Because I, or, or that was, so tell me this, what are some of the ways like, we know how we get triggered and stuff. Yeah. So tell me some of the ways that we can actually make it easier on ourselves. Because I do think that's right. important because I know my people. They're like, oh, I've got an answer. I'm grieving. Let's have Oreos. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you asked. I actually have several suggestions on how you can make the the holidays easier for yourself. So first thing, um, and, and I think you're going to be in alignment with this, is have a plan for your holiday. Amen, sister. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. But here's the important part is you have to have a plan that's in alignment with your grief. So let me explain what I mean by this. So where are you in your grief right now? If it's so early on, maybe your plan this year is to skip the holidays because 
you just can't do a tree, light the menorah, or whatever your holiday plans are. And the thought of celebration is just not where you're at. And I have people say, I have to skip the holidays. Maybe you... um are going to do a short holiday. Um, I, I always tell people, have a plan. Allow yourself to uh, change the plan at the last moment. Um, I always encourage, drive yourself uh, so you can leave if mm-hmm. you need to. Decide who you want to be with. Decide who you don't want to be with. But be intentional with your holiday plan. Don't wing it. Um, because you can get yourself in trouble. Can I just say, I think that is so important. One of the things that we're doing inside the membership is we always do handling the holidays, which Mm -hmm. is, I just talked to them about having a plan, like for people who aggravate the shit out of you Mm -hmm. and for your food and like, you know, what foods do you want to be having? What foods Mm -hmm. are like, don't just eat shit because it's there. Like actually do all that. I love that being intentional about, creating like some emotional safety for yourself, Mm -hmm. like figuring out how you're going to show up where it feels like, like I would just encourage all of you who are listening to this to really write that plan out on a piece of paper Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. craft it, go back to it after a few days, read it again and come up with something that you feel in your body feels grounded, Mm -hmm. feels like this is me taking care of myself. And I would just encourage all of you, don't feel like you have to apologize to anybody for it either. Yep. Like if people are like, come on, whatever, just tell them. Like I would just look at people and say, hey, I'm just not there. Yep. Like yep. this is what I'm doing for myself. This is what I yep. figured out was the best way for me. Yeah. Okay. So I've got four um, tips I want to give. Okay. The other ones, decide what traditions you want to keep and what new ones you want to develop. So my grandma Marie made clam dip every single year when she was alive. And oh my gosh, we could not have a family tradition, a family gathering without Grandma Marie's clam dip. Well, when she died, um, I was fortunate enough to inherit Grandma Marie's dish for the clam dip. And granted, we do not have a family gathering without Grandma Marie's clam dip. And um, so that tradition goes. It was always there when she was alive. And it's there even though She's not there. So that tradition carries on. Now, I have clients that start new traditions after a loved one has died. Some clients set a place at the dinner table, even though their loved one's not there. Some say a prayer. Some tell a story. You can do anything you want. But sometimes it's really helpful to start a brand new tradition after a loved one has died. So decide what you want to keep and decide if you want to start new traditions to honor a loved one. Okay. Uh-huh. Another one, set boundaries for yourself with your loved ones. And this is kind of what we talked about. Tell them what you need. Unfortunately, we do not live in a society that knows how to handle grief. We have to teach people how to treat us when we are grieving. And that sucks. It shouldn't have to be our job, but it is. We have to tell people how we want to be supported. So many people are afraid to bring up our loved one's name because they say things like, well, if you were having a good day, I didn't want to upset you. Mm -hmm. When we're grieving, we're always thinking about our loved ones. And my clients say all the time, I love it 
when people bring up their name because I always want to talk about it, but no one else brings up their name because they're like afraid of upsetting people. So when you're grieving, you have to tell people, I want to talk about it or I don't want to talk about it, but you have to set boundaries and tell people what you need. I wish this wasn't so, but it is. And so have a family meeting. Say what you need during the holidays. Well, and I honestly, like, I don't think that's so terrible in this one way. It's like we all go through life um, expecting people to read our minds about what we need. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just don't believe any other human is a mind reader. If they were, we'd all be doing a lot better than we are collectively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, you know, in these cases, I I think like what I tell my people all the time, like, you know, if you need help with your food, if you need help with these things, you need to speak up and stop sitting around thinking people should behave a certain way. Right. I think that's so painful for you as a person when you are sitting and been like, everybody should be talking about it. Everybody shouldn't be talking about Mm -hmm. it instead of just like, hey, this is what I need. Mm -hmm. Now, people will or will not respect you, but you definitely have a 100% more chance of people respecting your needs when you verbalize them than to be sitting around expecting them to read your mind. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then the last tip I want to give, focus on the meaning of the holiday for you. This doesn't have to be religious. Ask yourself, what do you want the holiday to be or mean for you this year? Do you want it to be time to spend with your family? Do you want it to be, hey, I want a break from work? Um, I've had clients say, I just want to make it good for my kids. They're struggling. I do have clients who are religious and say, I think it'll help me to focus on the religious aspects. Or do you want it to say, I just want to pretend it doesn't exist. But again, ask yourself, what do you want the holidays to mean for you this Mm -hmm. year? I think that's really important. What I love about these tips is you're being intentional Mm -hmm. about your needs. And I think Mm -hmm. that so often we go through life and we just expect ourselves to get over it or um, we wonder why we're not doing better than we are or we wonder why other people aren't being better than they are or whatever. And I I like that this really aligns with just even how I teach weight loss. We're just going to sit and we're going to use the part of our brain that cares about us to craft our needs. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to go out and we're going to ask for those. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell me this. Can you like give some examples of activities that people can use that their families can engage in in the holidays when they are grieving? Like what, like this is where we actually get to do something, y'all. So we're done with the thinking part. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My listeners are always like, all you do is talk about our thoughts. I'm like, hell yeah, because our thoughts are really important. But every now and then we actually get to talk about what we can do. So let's go there. Yes. So. It can be a real healing experience if you participate in activities that honor your loved one during the holidays. Sometimes, and especially if you're early on in your grief, it might be painful. And this might not be for you right now. Again, align where you are in your grief. But doing can be helpful. So let me give you some examples um, that my clients have done and found really helpful. Shop for gifts for your loved one. Donate it to charity. Make their favorite food, serve it at the holidays, say prayers or toasts in their memory. We talked about an empty chair at the table. 
Um, this is one of my favorites. Have a glass bowl. Um, have people write down their favorite memories. Uh, have a glass bowl with index cards. Have people um, write down their favorite memories, put it in the index card, and then read it during dessert, um, sharing the stories or memories. Hang stockings with your loved one and put little notes to them in their stocking. Um, volunteer at their uh, or support a cause that was important to them or even make a holiday playlist of their favorite songs. So there's lots of things that you can still do that honors them and even invites them into your holidays still. We do a lot of, um, like we cook a lot of the foods that my uncle or my um, my grandparents love to eat. So like we kind of kept their traditions. Like my mom still makes the the dressing that my granny made from the cornbread mm-hmm. recipe that my grandmother mm-hmm. used. She still uses the um, cast iron skillet that my grandmother cooked so much with. So we do a lot of that. Even when I got married, um, my brother put a white rose in a chair where my grandfather would have been because he would have walked me down the aisle and, um, and, but he had died. And so my brother walked me down the aisle instead. And so he carried a white rose in his memory. So that was like very meaningful for me. So I think those are really like good ways to just think about people and to do it in such a way that you you just feel some love, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think that's Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like when you're grieving, you miss the love. Yeah. And being able to recreate moments where you can feel that love is like, I think what a lot of us crave. Yeah. So what are, um, is there anything else that you want to tell us? Like, are there other things that we can either be um, like thinking about or just anything that we need to know before we start all of these ho- wonderful holidays? <laughs> yeah. A couple of things. Um, number one. Um, holidays are just another day. If you're really struggling, sometimes I tell people, just remember, it's 24 hours, the sun's going to rise, the sun's going to set, just like any other day. Mm-hmm. You know, for those of you who are just super, super dreading this year, it's 24 hours. Okay. Um, build your tribe, call people if you're really, really struggling. Um, Journal. I know Corinne will like that one. Um, (laughs) I always like anything that that has a good journaling prompt. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, Watch the alcohol. That can really, really uh, get a good grief uh, attack going. Yeah. Um, I I talked to you about giving yourself permission to uh, skip. Um, And one of the things that I like to tell people or help remind them is this hurts so bad because you loved so much. Mm-hmm. And we say that in the grief world, that grief is another way of looking at love. Mm-hmm. I think this is very helpful because I really, a lot of my clients tend to eat during the holidays. They eat a lot trying to escape their grief instead of mm-hmm. being intentional about it, respecting it, understanding it. And to me, that's the most important things that you can do through the holidays. Because it's if you do all that eating and stuff, you're not really giving yourself that opportunity to process that emotion that your body's craving you to process. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that's really important. And then like, um, I think for all of you who are a no BS woman who are listening to this podcast, 
you know, you have a community of support inside of our membership. Very often during the holidays, some of the most beautiful come together moments in our community happens in the Facebook group when everybody is celebrating and you feel alone. Please reach out in our Facebook group. You are not Mm -hmm. alone. This year, we have had so many of our women lose children, parents, Mm -hmm. spouses. Um, I just want all of you to know that even if you feel alone and misunderstood in your like, quote unquote, real life, you can come to us. We have coaches and we have people inside our community that will be more than happy to just listen and talk with you and, you know, just be there for you. All right. It's very helpful. So I want you to tell us all the things, Jennifer, like how can they listen to you? How, if they are interested in reaching out to you, like how do they do all of this? Oh, thank you. And by the way, I am a uh, no BS uh, uh, eating woman, um, (laughs) non-eating woman, I should say. Uh, And uh, I love the Facebook group and and see everybody and the grief that's going on in there um, as well. Um, Well, I have developed or I am having a holiday support program. Um, It's grief support throughout the holidays and preparation for the new year ahead. It starts on um, November 14th and it goes through January 2nd. And uh, the group program is going to cover topics such as uh, finding meaning in the holidays, coping with loss during the holiday season, navigating difficult dynamics with family and friends. We didn't even talk about that today. Mm -hmm. Um, In the program, we're going to develop those holiday plans that align with your grief. We're going to uh, talk about how to continue those traditions and start new rituals that honor loved ones. And we're going to talk about planning for a new year without your loved one, because that's also a really important part is uh, we struggle so much as how do I start a whole new year? knowing that my new one year uh, my loved ones no longer there. One of the great things about this program is I also provide support on Thanksgiving Day itself. Okay. Uh, new Year's Eve day and uh, Christmas Eve day. Um, the groups are going to meet on Mondays at both uh, 4 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. Pacific Central Time. And um, I know we're going to post all this in the notes, but mm-hmm. um, you can go to my website um, from grieftogrowth.com to sign up. Um, I also have a podcast, Untethered, Healing the Pain from Sudden Death. And it's all things um, from Southern Death. And uh, you were so great in giving me some advice about that. The first 10 episodes are all the basics about sudden death. And now I interview, uh, just kind of like we did today, have conversations with um, individuals who've experienced a sudden loss. And so you can hear their stories. And I also have conversations with professionals who are working with uh, individuals who've experienced a sudden loss. And so uh, you can learn more about that um, as well on my website um, from grieftogrowth.com. So. Well, I appreciate you being here. This is really good work you're doing in the world, much needed. And um, Thank you. I just think that for our listeners in particular, I, I know that they got some help today that they very much need. So y'all check Jennifer out from grieftogrowth.com and y'all have an amazing week. 
and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure you head on over to nobsfreecourse.com and sign up for my free weight loss training on what you need to know to start losing your weight right now. You'll also find lots of notes and resources from our past podcasts to help you lose your weight without all the bullshit diet advice. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast interview with Corinne. I enjoyed being one of her guests. Corinne Crabtree has been such an inspiration of mine in so many different ways. Thank you again for listening to Untethered, Healing the Pain After a Sudden Death. For help with sudden and unexpected loss, please sign up for my free mini course where I will teach you about the three truths of living with a sudden and unexpected loss. Please visit www.fromgrieftogrowth.com to sign up. Bye for now. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode. For help with a sudden and unexpected loss, sign up for my free mini course where I will teach you the three truths about living with a sudden and unexpected loss. Please visit www.fromgrieftogrowth.com to sign up.